Thank you for listening to Christ Alone Podcast, where we believe that Jesus lived, died, and resurrected according to the scriptures. Our hope is that God can bless you through this week's episode. All right, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Angie and Steven's podcast. Christ Alone. Christ Alone Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Um, I just want to mention real quick, um, before we get started, uh, I just want to praise God because, you know, we... Every time we get on this um, on this podcast, and we encourage everybody to go write us a review, uh, you know, share the podcast, uh, you know, all the stuff that comes with it, support the podcast. Um, you know, we we know if people are actually listening to us because we can see when the reviews we get notified when a new review comes up. Uh, when the podcast gets shared, we can see a lot of those behind the scenes stats. And um, I just want to say that, you know, praise God, because against all the odds, you know, against us asking people every week to share the podcast, to write a review, um, only a very few, very little amount of people have actually done it. And then um, still the podcast was you know, ranked very high in um, a certain podcast platform called um, Good, wait, what's it called? Good Pods? I'm not sure. Anyways, um, well, however it's called, uh, we were we were ranked high in the, on the, you know, whatever category we fall under. And, um, you know, that was, that was all God because, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, Nobody's writing reviews. Nobody's sharing the podcast. And also um, on 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 our end, we haven't been as consistent. I would say, um, we've been more consistent in the last few weeks or month or so. Right. Um. So I think that also plays a part of it. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um. But even against everything, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the podcast should not have been ranked as high as it was ranked, and so, you know, praise God for praise that. God for that. Yeah, because we definitely had nothing to do with it. No. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on. Uh, but that being said, don't forget to check us out. Um, yeah. You can find us at ChristAlonePodcast.com. All of our handles are ChristAlonePodcast, except for Twitter, which is ChristAlonePod. I will say one thing before we start. So I was, I've been listening to more podcasts lately, um, aside from ours. And I realized, because I was trying, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, I probably did. I want to study apologetics. I praise the Lord. I have a month off of work right now. Um, and so I want to take a lot of time, um, hopefully to just learn more about apologetics. And, um, cause I, I think I've, I've, I've learned a lot, uh, on the defense of the Christian faith, but I want to learn a lot more. And I also want to commit it to memory. I feel like there's a lot that um, I've learned and then I don't remember. So I want to work on that. So I've been trying to listen to podcasts about um, Remembering? apologetics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then once one that I've I've heard I've listened to is uh, the one for Cold Case Christianity um, by James, James Warner, Warner Wallace. Wallace. 
Um, so that's a great, uh, I want to say a great book that I have read some of it. I need to finish reading it. Um, but anyways, so I was listening, I was trying to find podcasts and I found a couple podcasts and there was one that was unapologetic. So I'm like, I want to listen to this. And I realized that the first few minutes, um, the, the podcasters were, the hosts were talking about something else. Like they were catching up on everything. And I realized that I myself as a listener was like, I just want to get to like what I want. I came here to listen to. So um, just really quick. I know we're four minutes in four minutes in. But I, I think just just to add to the point about the reviews, um, the reviews are super important for us because we get to hear feedback and work and hopefully work on that because we want to be able to grow. Um, and we, we also want to learn from the listeners. Um, so at the very beginning, if you go back to the first few episodes that we did, we did talk about a lot about ourselves. Um, we talked about, hey, what, what happened since last week and what's new? And yeah. it was great. But then we had one listener say, you know what? The, this isn't really necessary. Like, I just want to yeah. fast forward. And I think that hurt our pride a little bit. We're yeah. like, crap, but it was that good. sucks. But it was good because it was great it's, feedback. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important. So please, last last thing I'll say and then we'll start is please give us reviews if there's anything. Again, like I said, we need to work on. Yeah. Please let us know. On Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, but you can also text us. Uh, call or text at 407-796-2881. Um, questions, suggestions, prayer requests, yes. we are available. Yes. All right. With that, we'll get started. All right. So uh, last week we ended with uh, uh, the hallucination. We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Is it a myth? Um, and uh, last week we talked about, you know, uh, certain evidence that that's outside of the Bible that so far points that no, Jesus was crucified. Um, Jesus did exist. He did live. He was crucified by the Romans. And um, all the evidence is outside of the Bible. Um, so um, local contemporary uh, historians of that time wrote about it. And we provided uh, those names and resources. Uh, and then we ended with the last thing we talked about was the hallucination theory. So uh, I think we ended with the statement made by a New Testament scholar, historian, and atheist, Gerd Ludeman, uh, who said, It may be taken as historically certain that Peter and the disciples had experiences after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ. Um, and so that in itself is... Uh, incredible for uh, an atheist to say a lot of the times we hear uh from you know people and and in my experience it's just internet atheists which is a whole different right. world um because it's easier to hide behind the keyboard than to when you're having a regular conversation with somebody yeah you know you can it's a lot quicker that you can find out you know is this person really interested in what I have to say, is this person really interested in the truth or are they just regurgitating? Um, I like to say, you know, that atheists all get a welcome to atheism manual, um, quick, quick rebuttals to the to the theist or to the Christian uh, about said topics. And because um, they all say the same thing. And yeah. so one of the things that they say is, well, you're you you can't you're using the Bible to you know defend the Bible, which in some cases that may be okay, but 
a lot of times if they reject the Bible, like my sister said on the last episode, you can't you can't really use the Bible if they already reject it. Right. You know, they they're coming to the conversation with you know presuppositions and and so uh, you know, well, here's here's some atheists, here's some people that have your mentality that believe that God do, does not exist that support what the Bible says. Yeah. And so to me, that's incredible. Um, it also takes a lot of courage for, you know, uh, an atheist to say that because immediately, you know, I, I would assume that he would have gotten, you know, some emails and some letters from from fellow atheists who, yeah. who would, you know, say, what are you doing? Like you're hurting our case. But, you know, I believe that um, Gerd Ludemann, like many other um, atheists that are intellectually honest, they have to they have to admit, hey, not only is there evidence for what the Bible says, but it's good evidence, and I reject it. Like, that's the best thing they can say is, yeah. I reject it. They can't say there is no evidence. They can't say it's not even good because it's astounding. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so then, um, all right. So what else does the paper say? The claim that the New Testament had been corrupted points directly away from the textual forensic facts. So for example, the average Greek New Testament manuscript is about 400 pages in length. There are currently 5,850 Greek New Testament manuscripts. Um, and these are the oldest copies of the New Testament with up to 400,000 total variants. This means that roughly 2.2 2 million pages of manuscripts uh, are available, averaging only one variant for every 5.6 pages uh, inside the New Testament manuscripts. And the breakdown of all textual variants inside the New Testament is 75% are due to spelling errors. Over 25% is a result of word order and synonyms, and less than 1% of all textual variants are meaningful variants that do not impact essential Christian beliefs. And yeah. that's... I think one of, the, one of the biggest things, I guess, I guess that atheists and agnostics have against the Bible is um, if we're speaking, you know, new, you know, I think both Old Testament and New Testament is that, hey, we don't have the original text. Um, so it's not reliable. Um, but we, when we look at it in comparison to um, all of these other uh, historical documents, the Bible is the most accurate, not, not accurate, but the most reliable historical document that we have in history. Yeah. Um, like if we were to compare that to, to other texts. Um, but one of the big things is, like I said, we don't have the first one. But like you mentioned, um, it's not that we don't have, yes, we don't have the first original ones, but there are thousands upon thousands of manuscripts um, that corroborate each other. Like they're saying the exact same thing. Yeah. And this is text from different parts of the world. In different languages. In different languages. Yeah. So not only were they, the, the Bible, the full Bible, it was written in three different languages initially, um, but it was also shared and copied over at least three different regions that also spoke three different plus languages. Yeah. And um, it's just, 
it's incredible to me. Yeah. So. So I, I think that. And this is all being yeah. passed around the time also. Right. Where people, like we said in the last episode, they could have gone back and verified. Like, if you tell me, hey, um, here's the keys to my car. It's parked right outside. And yeah. I go outside and it's not parked outside. I'm going to come back and say something. Yeah. And say, hey, you lied. First of all, your car is not parked outside. And you'll say, no, I, I'm sure I parked it outside. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of different explanations for that, but we can we can prove it, yeah. you know? And so it was the same thing for the resurrection. You know, somebody's making a crazy claim like that. Now, this is the other thing that people don't understand about the culture of the time is that nobody would say what Jesus was saying, right? Like right now, would you make the claim that you're God? No. Nope. Why not? Because I'm not. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so in that culture, it was even more than that. Like right, right now, if I say I'm, even if I said I'm God, well, you can, you can I prove. would just say that you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but when, what, but what if I came back from the dead and was healing people and doing all these things? I'd be like, my, at, the, at this point, because of the, at this because point, of the Bible, because, I'd be like, right. sounds anti-Christy to me. <laughs> Anti-Christy, yeah. yeah. But my point is, right, is that um, it was something back then that if if you said something like that, like people would would be able to corroborate or, you know, or determine, you know, this guy's lying. In fact, this is why Jesus was crucified, because he was going around healing people doing all these things and as a final thing or as a final proof was his resurrection and him appearing to everybody yeah because remember the disciples were still confused when um jesus was crucified because they're like wait what like what's going on here yeah. you know they scattered and so when they saw jesus they it was almost like a revelation that they're like yeah. Oh, this is what you meant. This is what right. you meant. And so, again, um, it would have been easy for somebody to say, yeah, yeah, no, I was talking with Jesus yeah. and hanging out with him. And, oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's right here. Like, yeah. this is him. And people could verify that. Yeah. But not only that, right? If you, if, even if you said one thing that, that was not true, if you were being tortured for it, how likely would you be to tell the truth? Right. Right? Yeah. Would you, you know, uh, submit yourself to torture and a brutal death? All, yeah. All you had to say was, it didn't, you didn't even have to say that, like, even in those times, it was like, they did, you didn't even have to say that Jesus was the only God. You just had to accept that he was just another God. Yeah. Like, that would have been acceptable. But people were not saying that. He, They're like, no, nope, he's the one and only. Yeah. And that was why people, you know, yeah. were getting persecuted. Exactly. So, um, like we were saying, there, there's a lot of, there's thousands. There's way too many um, copies of the manuscripts from different times and from different regions that corroborate each other, right? Um, but not only that, uh, the Bible is very unique in that it has not one author, not two, but 60 
No, 40. As 40, 40 plus. different authors. 40 plus. As 40 plus If we include authors, scribes. Uh, I meant to say there's 66 books. Um, and what's very unique about the Bible is that, number one, it has it's historically accurate. So if you compare yeah. it, like I said, to different, uh, um, I guess, writings from... Manuscripts. Mani ancient, no. ancient manuscripts. Right, from atheists, from believers, from, you know, what have you. They're, they all corroborate what the Bible says. Um, also, there is archaeological evidence for a lot of things that are said in the Bible, right? We obviously can't have our archaeological evidence for everything that is in the Bible, as we can't have archaeological evidence for any historical fact. Um, I mean, any historical yeah. story that happens. Um, but there are way too many. Um, the other thing is, I mean, and I just want to compare that, I believe... Like if we compare that to, you know, the Book of Mormon, um, I don't think there's any archaeological finding that supports any of it. Yeah. So um, there's that. Yeah, the golden tablets. I mean, even the supposed witnesses had recanted what they said about the Joseph Smith, you know, yeah. having seen or received those golden tablets, yeah. whatever they're called. Um, so that's the, another thing. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's, it's, you know, when we look at these other religions and they have this other book, typically it's one person that's writing it. Whereas when we have so many uh, authors writing in different time periods. Different and they, languages. And they all go with the same story and they all corroborate yep. each other. Like that is... And over a span of 1,500 years. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. That's amazing. And th that's why we, we can't say... well. Technically, we can't say there's 40 authors. There's got to be at least 41, right? Because we have to include the Holy Spirit. Right. Because there's no way, there's no way that you could take 40 different people writing about the same subject yeah. and not find contradictions. Yeah. There's got to be a difference of opinion somewhere. Yeah. And in the Bible, you don't find that. What you find is the opposite. There's over 63,000 different cross-references. That's crazy. Six, over 63,000. Yeah. Okay? And it, there's 65,000 something, but I don't know the exact numbers, so I just say 63,000 yeah. because that's already impressive enough. So what would you say to the unbeliever who'd be like, well, if I'm reading what I have, I can just use that as a reference to write. Do you to, know what I'm to, saying? Like, to write my book. Mm, yeah, you you might. I guess you you could do that. Um, the problem is, is that if you look at what the New Testament says, all it is is a it's a um, it's a fulfillment of what the what the Old Testament was saying. the 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 fact of the matter is, is that the New Testament is claiming that Jesus is God incarnate, mm -hmm. that he did and said these things. Right. And there's nobody that argues against that. In fact, like we said earlier, the evidence points in favor of that. You wouldn't die for something if you knew it was a lie. Yeah. You wouldn't die for something if you thought there was even a 1% chance that it was a lie. Yeah. If you, for a second thought, that you hallucinated having a conversation with Jesus. And not just by yourself, but you're like with other people. Yeah. And they are talking about the experience as it just happened. 
you, you, I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. I mean, if somebody told you no, you were just in there recording the podcast by yourself. Right. You might have thought you were with your brother, but your brother's not actually here. In fact, you don't have a brother. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to that? Uh, I'd say they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. But if, if, if you went out there and you're like, where's my brother? And everybody's like, no, he was in there with you. Then you would have to assume I got raptured before everybody. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Or something. But, um, yeah, um, here's the thing. You, I would say that one thing by itself may not be enough evidence. I, I'll, I'll concede to that. One thing by itself may not be enough evidence. But when you look at the whole picture, yeah. you know, uh, we don't just say that, you know, something is what it is without supporting evidence, yeah. right? You, you don't just believe that I'm here with you because you see me, because you hear me. It's because all of the experiences that come with that. Right. There's a recording, right? There's a recording that, that shows evidence that I'm here with you recording this. Um, you know, there's everyone else that's, that was with us prior to us coming into this room and recording that can testify to that. Like, there's all mm -hmm. this stuff. And if that's not the case, basically, in, in this scenario we're, we're making up here, what people are saying is, no, Stevens wasn't actually in there with you recording. Even though you have a recording with his voice on it, even though you have everybody that's there with you that saw him in there recording with you, yeah. even though the podcast was posted from his phone and we can trace it back and we... Yeah. Even though we can match his voice to prior recordings of his voice and the voice matches his voice, which is like a fingerprint, it's a vocal fingerprint, even though there, there's all of that evidence... Yeah. No, uh, your brother wasn't there. Yeah. That's basically what's happening. And so we have to look at these things, right? Um, I think the other thing, um, the other thing is for at least the Old Testament, because we talked about the New Testament. For the Old Testament, I don't remember the time specifically off the top of my head, but for a while we had, um, a, you know, we had copies of the Old Testament. Um, and then in 19, I want to say in the 1940s, they found what is called the Dead Sea Scrolls. 1947. Um, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is basically an earlier copy. Because um, I think the copies we had at that time were uh, after, you know, Christ came. Yeah. But the ones we, the Dead Sea Scrolls were centuries before Christ came. And they matched the copies that we had at that time. And they um, matched. And they matched, you know. Um, now, the big thing, the other big thing about, you know, people saying, okay, this is why the Bible isn't real. We talked about one, you know, them saying we don't have the original copies. We already touched on that. But the other thing that they say, which you mentioned is, oh, but there's a lot of variants, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as you mentioned, all these variants are really minuscule, right? Yeah. So we said 75% are due to spelling errors. So the words were spelled incorrectly, right? When they were transcribed, 25% is word order or synonyms. So they use similar words or they put the words in a different order, right? Yeah. But that's not significant because that neither of those two things um, change the yeah. meaning of the text. And there is only one, less than 1% of all textual variants um, that do not that impact um, the Christian beliefs. To be exact, uh, the document we're reading is 0.2%. So put it this way, over 99% of the Bible that we have today 
is the original text. Yeah. Um, and the other thing to add to that was, you know, we have historical, archaeological, and then by far, I think the biggest of all is all the prophecies that are, that we see happen yeah. and come to fruition, right? Um, Christ in himself, uh, sorry, uh, cumplió, um, met, fulfilled, fulfilled like hundreds of prophecies in order for At him, least 300. in order for him to do that, like it's. Um, it's, it's not possible that he's not <laughs> yeah. who he well, says he well, is. Well, put it this way. What scholars say is that he would have only, he would only have to have fulfilled, I think it was like five to eight of those prophecies right. in order for him to be a credible, yeah. uh, uh, you know, source for what he was saying. Yeah. And he fulfilled over 300. And these are specific prophecies. So for example, you might say, Oh, I read in a book. Let's just say, let's just use this as an example. I read in a book that, you know, um, you know, the next uh, coming of God is by, you know, he's going to be wearing a red shirt. Well, right. You, you can go buy, anybody can go yeah. buy a red shirt and do that. Yeah. But the specifics of his life, what he did and how he lived it, a lot of those things were out of his control. Yeah. So I think... Um, and that's, yeah, that's the, that's the big thing. I think atheists and unbelievers will say, well, for example, if uh, Jesus knew that one of the uh, prophecies was he's he was going to come into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey. Easy. Hey, disciples, get me a donkey. This is what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's that. But also, we if we consider all the other prophecies, I mean, there's I, I would say there is a handful of prophecies that I guess you could say yeah. he could have controlled, yeah. he could have manipulated, yeah. but there are so many more that it would be impossible. Like the right. the fact that, you know, he supposedly, right, if mm -hmm. we want to take the mind of an unbeliever, um, supposedly he was born of a virgin, right? Yeah. And that's what they said about Mary, that he, you know, she was a virgin, right? Yeah. Um, they said that, hey, he would be, it talks about how him he would be pierced. Like we could, Isaiah 53 Right. All the way, and that is who Christ is. Like to the point where we've said that Jews specifically choose not to read Isaiah fifty-three because that's like, like they yeah, know they know they, they know what Jesus. they know what the implication is. They probably think, hey, someone might have put this here. Isaiah nine, Isaiah sixty, and all, and and you know, it's sixty to sixty-six. Right. But there's just so. I mean, take for example um, the fact that. Uh, the one of the prophecies in the Old Testament is that he would be be sold for thirteen um, coins and thirty. Sorry, yeah, thirty coins. And what do we see happen? Judas sells him for exactly thirty coins. Like they, yeah. that's not something he could have controlled. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's just there's just too much. Yeah. And and I think there there was also sorry one of the biggest ones is that he would die by crucifixion. And this was mentioned hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented by the Romans. Yeah. That's crazy. That right there. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, I mean, Barterman himself, we already know he's a textual critic and atheist. Um, he says in one of his books uh, called Misquoting Jesus, far and away, most changes in the New Testament are the result of mistakes. Pure and simple slips of the pen. Unintentional gaps, accidental additions. For example, the, the. Don't you, doesn't that happen to you sometimes? You're typing a text and you're like, oh man, I wrote the twice. Mm -hmm. um, 
So uh, misspelled words, accidental blunders of one sort or another. And that was his quote from that book. He says also uh, in, in that same book, in the appendix page, essential Christian beliefs are not affected by textual variants in the manuscripts of the New Testament. And I think um, something that, uh, again, backs up the historic just how historical and reliable the Bible is and how great the scholars that, um, you know, that have gone through the manuscripts themselves to, to determine how reliable it is, um, that they put, like, whenever there is a variant, it's included in your Bible. Like, you'll notice when it says, when yeah. something is in um, ellipt- ellipses, yeah. or there's a number next to it, and at the bottom, when you go to It'll the bottom, it. it says, oh, this should have, in some manuscripts, yeah. say... Early, ma- it'll say, like... You know, later manuscripts may not have said this, but earlier manuscripts yeah. w- included this or something to that yeah. effect. So yeah. that's... And then I'll, we'll end with this, going back to what you were saying about other uh, ancient texts um, that, uh, you know, that show a comparison between those and the Bible and how the Bible is even more reliable than those, right? Um, we So we don't have the original manuscripts for many of the ancient writings, um, but, uh, because that's because the material that they were written in, which was papyrus decays very quickly. So in ancient times, what, what happened was groups of scribes were employed to mass produce identical, identical copies of the originals. Um, the earliest sources we have for Alexander the Great, and we've mentioned this in one of our earliest episodes, um, is over 450 years after it was originally written. So the closest copy is 450 years after Alexander the Great. How many people would deny that Alexander the Great existed? Nobody. Yeah. Right? Uh, so around 330 BC, uh, that, and that was written around 330 BC, and we only have 123 copies. 123. Right. Versus how many? Over 5,000, over 5,800. Mm-hmm. And that's just in the original language. We have multiple copies in other languages. I mean, the thousands we're talking. Yeah. Um, the earliest uh, sources that we have for Julius Caesar uh, is 950 years after it was originally written. So around 50 BC. And we only have 10 copies. And yeah. who would disagree that Julius Caesar existed? Nobody. Nobody. All right. Uh, the earliest sources that we have for Aristotle is 1,400 years after it was originally written, around 350 BC, and we only have 49 copies. Now, who would deny that Aristotle ever existed? Yeah. Nobody. Who even denies what Aristotle says? Yeah. Nobody. All right. And yet, in the New, the New Testament was written uh, from... 45 AD up to 100 AD, uh, the earliest sources we have is 25 years after the last book was originally written, and we have 24,000 copies in Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, identical to 6 billion translated copies in the world today. This does not include any early creeds that date back to the resurrection event, confirming these these historical facts were common knowledge. Yeah. Some of um, Paul's letters, um, if we trace them back, uh, and I can't remember which ones they are, 
But some of Paul's writing can be taken back. If we, if we do, based on the years that he mentions and all of that, we can take it back to probably within the first decade of the resurrection. Yeah. Within the first decade. That's crazy. That is crazy. And that doesn't even include the original text that he used as a reference also. Yeah. That, um, that stuff that was written down that was being passed around. So, again, um, it's just incredible. Yeah, I think... Um, and something also that I heard from um, James Warner Wallace in his podcast was like, for example, you know, the, the thing is... Um, a lot of unbelievers, agnostics, you know, people who fight against, you know, the um, the accuracy of Jesus dying and resurrecting in the Bible and everything. Um, they say that it's it's impossible that it was written. We can't we can't rely on them because they were written hundreds of years after. But when we look at uh, you know scholars of that time, both Christian and non-Christian, they would confirm that there were all written, the New Testament was all written within that first century, okay? One of the yep. cases he makes was, um, for example, Luke, which we know um, to be a, you know, physician, but also a great historian from, you know, the documents that he wrote. Um, we know that he wrote Luke, you know, scholars will say he wrote Luke first, and then he wrote Acts. And Luke, as he says at the beginning of the book, it says, okay, this is basically what I've studied, right? in history and this is in chronological order okay um and so if we look at and then he writes acts right because he he you know at some point meets up with paul um and goes on his you know on the journey with him now luke in acts he talks about quite a few events right he talks about pentecost he talks about um the you know stephen being martyred he's the first martyr he talks about paul he talks about you know uh, basically the history of the church, right? From Acts mm -hmm. 1 to Acts 29. Now, he does. here's a few things he doesn't mention. He doesn't mention the destroying of, of the temple that happened in 70 AD. So we can assume, right, that Luke, I mean, Acts, had to have been written before 70 AD. Yep. He also doesn't mention, which is mentioned later on, the death of uh, Jesus' brother James, Right? Um, which is even early. I want to say, I don't remember the exact dates, but but it's early. I want to say maybe it's 60s or even before that. Yeah. And so we can assume that Luke, well, well, well we know, yeah. right, that Luke was written before that. So that may, that would put Luke at what, the 50s AD, you know, around there at some point. Mm -hmm. And so that's within the first century. Now... What what a, what guess, a, guess, guess what else? Guess what else? I would I would guess that... Luke also used, didn't he use Matthew and he used Mark? Mark, yeah. I, I don't know about Matthew, but Mark, right? Mark. And so we can assume if Luke used uh, Mark... As a reference. As a reference, then Mark had to have been, been written even before then. Yep. Because, like I said, one of the things that Luke mentions is, okay, this is the order of how they happen. Because yeah. he, used, he, he goes to the eyewitnesses, he goes to the sources like Mark. And if you read Mark... Um, it, it goes in a certain order. And when you go, go to Luke, it goes in a different order. That doesn't um, nullify that each of them are accurate. It's just two people are writing from different points of view. Mark is writing, writing from the point of view of Peter. Right? He's writing for Peter, who's actually there, um, which if I recall events that happened in my life, 
I have a terrible memory. I can tell you the big points that happened, but I don't know which happened first, which happened second um, for those events that happened close together. But when Luke goes, because he's a great historian, he goes in the exact order. So that, yeah. I mean, that just goes into the fact that like, it's like, if you look at the evidence, it is impossible for, it is not probable. It is not probable that any of the New Testament was written after uh, the first century BC. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I would go as far as, some people say that maybe the, the revelation was written in 95, but I would say it was all written before the destruction of the temple. I mean, even Paul died in 62 or 63 AD, somewhere around there. And so yeah. he had to have written things way before then. But yeah. and, and so like even, sorry, I'll say one more thing. So I started to look over um, the students of the disciples. So the students of Paul and Peter, um, Ignatius was one of the students, I don't recall of who, but he was of one of, the, one of the disciples. And he corroborates that there was a resurrection. Um, and, and, you know, according to what he've learned, he's learned. So there's uh, Polycarp, there's Clement, there's different. And it's so awesome because uh, we have the internet today um, that allows us to go back and look at their, you know, look at the letters of not just the disciples, which we have in the word, but we have um, the letters of their students that corroborates exactly what the, they said. And that's so crazy, right? Um, because we see that, you know, that it's it's been passed down, right? What they said was passed down to them. Um, so yeah, so we have we have just so much support that says, hey, the Bible that we have today is accurate. Um, hey, the variants that we have, they're, you know, like I said, it's less less than one percent, about point two percent um that are actual, you know, differences, but none of it affects the the actual beliefs of the Bible. Um and there's just so much to show that you know, it's, it's accurate. Um, but to go on, so let's see, the distinguished New Testament scholar James D.G. Dunn states, historically speaking, given the short interval of time between the early eyewitness testimonies about Jesus' res resurrection and the actual event itself, these accounts must be considered historically credible. There was clearly no time for myth, legend, or exaggeration to arise around the initial resurrection reports as a generation who knew Jesus was still alive. So as we've mentioned before, it would have been easy, like, I, like, we, like we mentioned, for anyone to go back and say, hey, this isn't true because, uh, you know, I was alive during this time and there was no Jesus. And... Um, you know, after his, after Jesus' death, no one ever mentioned that, uh, Jesus was alive. You know, it would have been easy to corroborate. It would be easy to be like, hey, go look at the tomb. All right. And then next episode, we will talk about, uh, the skeptical claim that the New Testament writers copied ancient resurrection myths and lied about the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, and so we'll get into that next time. So thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, write a review, all right? Leave us the five stars and... Uh
They could leave us love stars. Love stars? I can't talk anymore. Less stars. No. No. If uh, if this was a blessing to you, uh, leave us the five stars, write a review. And if it's not a blessing. <laughs> it's not a blessing. Leave the five stars if we had blessed you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, God bless you guys. We will see you in the next episode. And if we don't see you next week? We'll see you in the clouds. God bless. Thank you.